0: This is The Yay, I'm Reg Clay. And Norman G. This is The Yay, where we talk about life in the theater and the theater of life. Yay! As always, we are sponsored by Central Works, a new play theater headed up by Gary Graves and Jans Leifler. Central Works, reinventing theater one play at a time. As always, we want to thank Central Works for sponsoring us and our wonderful consulting producer, Mallory Samara. And we have a fantastic guest. I say that all the time, but this is a guest I have not seen since... 2009, uh, when I stage-managed your wonderful musical, Texas Chainsaw Musical, Corey Bytov. How are you?
1: Hey, good. How are you? Nice to see you.
0: <laughs> it's fantastic. It's been 14 years, but I remember it like it was yesterday. Um, you co-wrote Texas Chainsaw Musical with Christopher Minori. Oh, wow. And it's been um, showcased at the Blank Canvas Theater in Cleveland, the Barnstormers Theater in New Hampshire. Of course, it was at the French Festival in uh, 2009, and uh, it's one of those cool things. Norman, you've talked about it, where you do a production, you write a wonderful play or a musical, it gets its first premiere, and then it just dies out. Well, they, and yeah, the greatest challenge is
2: slump. Keep... They, it happens. In fact, the um, uh, National Play Network that we talked about last week, um, that's one of the reasons that was created, because they're basically putting out to producers... Hey, if you do this shared world premiere then this thing can actually get three or four mm-hmm. productions in you know, all claiming to be part of that rollout of the world premiere. Mm-hmm. And then That means it plays actually got a nice pedigree and maybe somebody else will do it. Mm -hmm. Yeah,
0: and you know you haven't had to worry about that because you it's it's has a life of its own. I mean people people you know we had um, Danny Spinks on and she's running the eclectic theater box and they focus on taking '80s you know B horror movies Mm -hmm. (laughs) sometimes '70s B horror movies and giving a life of its own. A lot of it is just comedy, but you made it into a musical and people just love it. So
1: it was so fun i feel like so blessed that it actually got picked up and got performed a handful of times it yeah. is it's very rare you get very lucky and you know if you have a good name that
0: mm-hmm. helps <laughs> <laughs> yeah texas chainsaw i mean it's it you know it has a magnet of its own it mm-hmm. it just gravitates people mm-hmm. uh norman as i begin every podcast how was your week well it's how- all
2: about baldwin at this point exactly this new, uh, we've got the reading coming up the end of the week friday and saturday and in- just trying to pull all the pieces together
0: yeah yeah we uh had a uh, wonderful uh rehearsal uh mm-hmm. a couple of na- couple of nights ago thursday
2: a stumbled not even a stumble through <laughs> really kind of mm-hmm. let's, let's talk about this for a moment
0: yeah no i've got my script i'm gonna print it out and uh so i'll have we'll have binders uh or, or i can bring a binder um for your
2: character it might help with yeah. binder
0: right? yeah yeah because uh, we'll be, you know, just moving around the stage or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What's the production? Well, I'm trying to... The production is the Baldwin Project. Well, this section will be I Am Not Your Negro oh, okay. Poet. Poet. Yeah. And as part of the Incubator series at Playground San Francisco, mm-hmm. there'll be a bunch of other companies. Um, it's like, it's almost like the French, where um, Chickahan Theater Company, uh, I've got it written down here.
2: Analog Theater. Analog um... Theater.
0: Hold on. Oakland Public Theater, Chickahan Theater Company, uh, Network Effects Theater Company, that's Mike Teuton's company, yep. Analog, Jet Persari, I had no idea that he was involved in that, <clears throat> Poltergeist mm-hmm. Theater uh, Project, Native Writers Theater, and City Streets Artists. So, yeah. he is it's as if <clears throat> Jim Kleiman, as a magnet in these co- theater companies, are showcasing well, their yeah, new Well, yeah, um,
2: it's a... It- Incubator, innovator, incubator is what he's calling it. So these are there's this cadre of, of small companies trying to take that next step. Mm-hmm. And so yeah, we're do we're in the middle of it now. This showcase of all the different works that people are having. Hmm. So ours is connected to the Baldwin Centennial, which mm-hmm. is next August, mm-hmm. and we're doing a series of readings of different material to kind of show up different aspects of mm-hmm. James Baldwin. So this will be all about poetry. Yeah, fantastic
0: for the seventeenth and the eighteenth. Of November, So that's that Friday and Saturday. Um, before we jump into current events, let me uh, give our plug to Charles Blades Barbershop. That's yeah. our sponsor. Um, second sponsor for sponsoring us called Charles Blades Barbershop is located at 182nd Street in downtown Oakland. It is a very cool, relaxing place where you can get your cut on and they'll even serve you a complimentary drink. They also sell men's products like hair gels, pomade, shampoos and conditioners. You can go on to CBB. Charles Blades Barbers, CBB Grooming Products. MyShopify.com. Hop Online gives the products to try and support minority businesses like my man Charles Blades Barbers. So we want to thank them for sponsoring the Yay. Mm-hmm. Um, there have been a couple of current events. So uh, the elections, I was very happy with the elections. Um, mm-hmm. There are lots of states who are like, you're not taking away women's abortion rights, mm-hmm. uh, right. uh, uh, the ability to, to have a choice. So that was that was very good. Ohio, I think, Pennsylvania. Um, so that's encouraging. It's been interesting to see. And
2: even Virginia with the... Um, that's right. Even uh, the, though it wasn't technically on the ballot, there were a lot of Republican yeah. candidates who were running on the... Oh, they were trying to re... I love the, the reframing of this. It's not a ban. We're just saying 15-week um, right. pause.
0: <laughs> and there are a lot of women who are like, I don't <clears throat> even know if I'm pregnant until right. 15 weeks. And, yeah. Yeah. I think in Virginia, I think they took back their Congress, which is going right. to be hard for they Youngkin did. to pass any yeah. Republican legislature. Yeah. So, I've been a little worried. I've been seeing polls saying that Trump is ahead. I know that Biden has not campaigned yet. He's not on right. the campaign trail. So, the squeaky well, wheel. Well, just this
2: week, he yeah. you know, just announced uh, for South
1: Carolina. Yeah.
0: Corey, are you worried or about Absolutely. 2024?
1: I am mm-hmm. terrified. You know, this stuff that's been coming out lately about how Trump folks are putting together plans to be able to replace fifty thousand, you know, government workers with people mm. that are in their camp and um, mm-hmm. being able to figure out ahead of time who they want to prosecute and go after. And it's just horrific, horrific.
0: Yeah, it's it's really crazy. And I it so it's I've been reading a couple of articles about black people voting for Trump. Uh, there have been uh, a series of black like rappers mm-hmm. who. Um, for whatever reason are endorsing Trump because Trump in 2020 you know pardoned a couple of folks who were in jail.
2: Right. Or well but that that <clears throat> who is that? It wasn't um it wasn't Beyonce it was um it was somebody of that stature there who did
0: yeah I want to think Cole Black that, or something like that and yeah.
2: And then she <clears throat> she has since distanced herself from Trump because that was all he did. He he just wanted the headline.
0: Exactly. It was that and also during COVID-19 I think there was a, a piece of legislature he signed basically allowing poor folks to still collect a paycheck um, during the pandemic. Mm-hmm. But he was doing all this to cover up the bad deeds he was doing. Right. Trump is one of the most racist presidents that we've ever had. so, I think so yeah. It so it, you know, that doesn't make an awful lot of sense. So, yeah, so that's what was going on there and uh, my iPad. <laughs> you know I gotta I, I miss <laughs> not that I miss but I should go back to doing it and on the desktop but in any case um a brief sea in Gaza so that's fantastic um millennials so I've been reading a couple of articles about millennials and gen Z there are young people who have decided not to have kids any kids mm-hmm. at mm-hmm. all and I find that fascinating um I don't know if we have any thoughts about that it has I don't know how often you talk to dexter but has has that even... He's,
2: he's too young to even thinking of, think about it, but I think he is indicative of that generation. I don't know. I I have weird feelings about it because when I grew up, everything was about the population bomb and, you know, we overpopulation and all of that. So as we suddenly start going, oh, we're really concerned that we're not going to keep generating more, I'm like, mm, could we just get better immigration laws and, you know, try to, to make a comfortable society without popping out a bunch of kids? I'm,
0: yeah. You know, uh, there was a woman, 21 year old, who wrote an article, I think, for Newsweek talking about why she's not having kids. And she mentioned the environment. And it's fascinating that younger kids are conscientious about the environment. They've got a lot of things going on, but also there's the economy. Can I afford to have kids? You know, do mm-hmm. I need to get a better job or, you know, get a better pay raise <clears throat> or find a partner who isn't in debt and all that sort of stuff? So, Corey, do you and your partner talk about well,
1: so my yeah. Well, we have a 25-year-old who's in Peru right you're, you're now. All right, mm-hmm. We just were, um, were talking with her today on a video call, and uh, she doesn't want to have kids.
0: Interesting. And she's not
1: interested in that at all. Um, and I've heard a lot about – I work in the climate change field, right? My day yeah. job is sustainability manager for San Rafael. And mm. you know, I talk to a lot of people, and they're like, yeah – Uh, I don't want to really bring kids into this. It's just a really dire situation. But I'd also like to see some surveys. I don't know if you've seen any surveys to hear, like, is that a primary reason or is that like – because the news picks up on things, you know? Right. Yeah, I haven't
0: seen uh, too many surveys. I think, like, just a couple of people are writing articles. Mm -hmm. Um, um, And it's interesting because there was one article that said, you know, Generation Xers aren't having kids. Mm -hmm. And then millennials aren't Uh having kids. Right. And then Generation Z aren't having kids. Right. So it either it's either the environment, people are worried about the environment, or finances, or just having fun. Mm. You know, millennials are just having a lot more freedom (laughs) than they ever have, Mm -hmm. whether it be sexual freedom or just individual freedom, and Mm -hmm. they don't want to be tied down. Mm -hmm. Whereas, you know, the older generation are tied into, I don't know, uh, just, um, what do you call it? Um, It's, it's, it's. It's what we do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's part of the convention. I'm, I'm expected. You know, I, I know a lot of my friends who are like, oh my God, I'm 22 years old and I'm not married yet. Mm-hmm. I've got to get married. I've mm-hmm. got to have kids. I've got to have my home mm-hmm. and my car, my career set up. And I think a lot of younger kids, they don't feel that pressure yeah, anymore.
1: Yeah, yeah. I wonder who's being polled too. Have you ever been polled? I've never been no, polled.
0: No, no. Who,
1: who's I'm getting, who's being getting a little bit of polling? It cracked me up that uh, what's the TV
2: one? Um, Those folks.
0: Oh, yes. Yeah. They Is it Nielsen?
2: Nielsen. Yeah. We are on Nielsen's list. Okay. And from the first time they sent us something, it was like, we don't have a TV. Mm -hmm. And they're like, oh, no, 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 that's okay. It's part of the demographic. I'm like, "Uh, okay, sure. So we've done at least two, maybe three of their surveys. And it's like, okay. I guess (laughs) it makes me feel better when I hear Nielsen. I'm like, oh, okay, well... They talk to me, but the rest of them, you're right. I'm like, I don't know who y'all are talking to. Yeah,
0: Yeah, and I don't know how viable Nielsen is. It reminds me, this gets into a little bit of history, and then we'll get into an origin story. Mm -hmm. But I think it was the Kennedy election in 1960 where so many pollsters got it wrong because they were polling people, I think, using, was it telephones or... They were they were using oh, an archaic right. system. Yeah, 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 yeah. It may have been just mailing mm-hmm. uh, people, but basically they were they were going by an old demographic to poll people to say, "Hey, who you vote for?" Mm-hmm. And of course, the old generation was like, "Oh, of course, it's Nixon. Nixon's mm-hmm. going to win. Nixon's going to win." And they weren't calling people mm-hmm. <laughs> using the newest medium. So I wonder about these polls. Mm-hmm. I mean. People don't pick up the phone anymore. Mm-hmm. Uh, they are online. You don't
2: recognize the number. And, yeah, and, and it, not even
0: emails up. become uh, passe. So I don't know how, where these polling people are getting their polls mm-hmm. and how accurate they are. So, um, so when I hear polls, I'm like, give me a bunch of polls. You yeah. know, not just Rasmussen, but New York Times or Reuters or uh, Gallup. Mm-hmm. You know, and give me someone who has a little bit of resonance. So mm-hmm. I'm not too worried about the uh, I, once Biden gets. Can't <clears throat> his campaign rolling, I think, you know, will come to our senses. Mm, you hope so.
1: Well, well we I, need to get people out to vote, though. And that's the thing. Right, he's yeah. not generating a lot of enthusiasm or excitement. Not. And that's my biggest concern.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I the, think
2: he's using the same strategy he, he used last time. But last time, there mm-hmm. were all the other people that were generating interest. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then I think a lot of us were suddenly left with, oh, um, I'm committed. And he's the only one left standing. Uh, I guess I'll vote for him. Yeah,
0: we were spoiled. We were spoiled with Obama. You know, Obama enjoyed a lot of enthusiasm, and we would know, run through a brick wall to run right. through Obama. Yeah, he
2: was he was big on enthusiasm, but I honestly think Biden's first mm-hmm. term has been mm-hmm. more significant than yeah than um, yeah. I mean, the Obama's. ceasefire. I mean,
0: I feel was part of that ceasefire for, between Gaza and. Um, between Hamas is and it Israel, a ceasefire. Well, it's a temporary ceasefire. This, this it's a humanitarian
2: pause. Pauses are, yeah. they're okay, but
0: yeah, but something's better than nothing, right? So,
2: well, if, yeah, <laughs> if they stop bombing hospitals, that'd
0: be nice. Yes, that's very very true. All right, with that, an origin story, uh, Corey Vitov. I believe you're from Wisconsin, mm-hmm. right oh. on Green I'm, Bay country.
1: Yeah. Uh, yep, exactly. We were, I'm from Appleton, which is just south of Green Bay, and coincidentally. Um, Very close to where Ed Gein, the subject (laughs) of the Mm -hmm. Texas Chainsaw, you know that. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. By the way, we call him Eddie G., in our oh musical. very nice <laughs> like it um is from so and I, I knew nothing about that when i was in wisconsin so yeah
0: no that's funny it's uh, shucks i should have gotten a, a bite you should have sent me a, a little bite so that people could listen to a little bit of the musical i didn't oh. think about that but that's okay but no it's, it's it's fantastic and you know your music writing is just fantastic oh, thank you so um siblings.
1: Yeah, I have two siblings, both much older than me. My sister lives right here in Alameda, very Mm -hmm. close by. Um, And um, speaking of politics, she uh, has been working on this civics thing for the past few years, this um, Play Verify It game. Uh, And the whole idea is for young people to be able to see through all the BS. Mm Mm-hmm and be able to understand what's real. Um, mm-hmm. And it's sort of a civics game. It's a fun, like, online game you can play on your phone and okay. stuff. And she goes out and helps do uh, voter registration and stuff in the schools, local, no, that's and everything. fantastic. It's
0: almost like finding the source, you know, like, so uh, there's a quote. Is mm-hmm. it true or false or right, something like that?
1: exactly. And then it always has a little bit of information afterwards, so it helps educate people. So she's hopeful that that will help a little bit with the election, too. It's got, you know, Yay. lots of different organizations.
0: No, like, no, no, that's fantastic. It. Wow.
1: And then my brother is uh, about 12 years old. Older than me, he lives in Wisconsin still.
0: Okay. Yep. Now, um, did the theater or the musical bug bite you when you yes. were young? Yes,
1: when I was young, my mom would take us to theater and uh musical events and um and so I got to do a lot of that and I always remember West side story on T V and it just blew me away. Nothing made me like feel so much like that made me feel and mm. I thought, ooh, that is anyway. So I always Did always you see stuff.
2: the uh, did you see the remake? I did not. I have I to didn't see either that. I, I yeah. I've heard good things. Mm-hmm. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I remember that childhood experience mm-hmm. as well and I'm like I don't know that I want to, like if somebody wanted to suddenly remake The Wizard of Oz, it'd be like,
0: "Mm,
1: I know, right. No. Yeah, I know. That's that's why I've not been enthusiastic about
0: watching it. It's funny you mentioned The Wizard of Oz because when The Wiz, do you remember when The Wiz came out? I do. Mm -hmm. I remember
2: going and seeing it. Mm -hmm.
0: I figure if you're going to do a remix Mm -hmm. of something, it's got to be so radical or so different Mm -hmm. that you really do bring something new in. yep. But yeah, West Side Story, I mean, I'm like, hey, how can you top Natalie Wood in uh, <laughs> that rich yes, orchestra? Definitely... <laughs> mm-hmm. But so yeah, so it had an impact on you. Oh, yeah. W- were you, uh, like, what did you do in high school? Were you on stage? Or did so, you... you know,
1: I didn't actually actively seek out the stage, but uh, I was in a debate class and the teacher and the other students asked me to, to join them on stage and perform. So then I started counting to musicals <laughs> and doing performing <laughs> that way. Wow. Uh, I was just kind of a ham, so they mm-hmm. thought I'd be a natural. So um, that's, yeah. that's where I got. I start in high
0: school. Uh, uh, where did you, um, do you naturally, do you play the, did you learn any musical instruments when you were young?
1: No, I did not. Um, I sang, I was telling you before the podcast, I always wanted to grow up to be Freddie Mercury, Oh, nice. and uh, that never happened, so uh, yeah. but I So I picked up the guitar in college, and that nice. was the first real, I mean, I did trombone in middle school for one yeah. half of the year, but I was the guy that had to empty a spit valve more often than anybody else, so <laughs> right. not exactly the thing that you yeah. would be known for.
0: I know when I learned guitar, and I'm really, I don't, I, I do more strumming than, than plucking but it was a Mel Bay book mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. Mel Bay is famous for did you have the Mel Bay book or did, is that I how you I did learned? have a
1: Mel Bay book and then I took one class in high school and then just picked it up from friends
0: nice, so, yeah. very nice yeah. uh, where'd you go to college?
1: San Francisco State, actually I did um, two years did you? Oh. State, <laughs> yes that's where I met my wife um, me and, too, really?
2: well no we didn't meet, we just happened to be there at the same oh, time oh okay, okay
1: <laughs> yeah. um but I had two years of junior college in Florida before I came.
0: Wow. So you moved around. You wanted to, I don't know if you wanted to, but you got out of Wisconsin. Yes.
1: So uh, so my parents got divorced when I was six. My mom and I moved to Florida when I was seven. Okay. Um, and then my sister started sucking money away from me every Christmas and um, and birthday. And then she flew me out to visit when I was 16 and I never looked back.
0: Uh-huh. Oh. Now 16, um, is that like the 80s? Yep. Gotcha. Yep. We're Generation Xers. Yeah. Yep.
1: Yeah. I was 82 when I was 16.
0: Yeah. 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 So 82. I want to. I want to see what was San Francisco like, or what was the Bay like in the 80s? Mm-hmm. Must have been uh mm-hmm. really. It was still part of the. I don't know. The hippie icon or the bohemian feel.
1: Yeah, a little bit. Um, it was a punk time too. Yeah, that's and I right. I moved out here in '86. Um, it took me a little while like I said I did junior college in Florida mm-hmm. um, and I moved out in 86 and there was a real sort of punk and um, post-punk new wave gar- yeah, yeah scene yeah One. okay so the I-beam I spent a lot of time at the I-beam <laughs> yeah Started working on Hate Street right away. It was kind of depressing too. There oh, you were a lot you of I um I used to go there, and mm-hmm. then my wife and I would go there sometimes okay. too. I've seen lots of shows there.
2: And yeah, I dance. I was working at the there was a double rainbow downstairs. I used oh, to work yeah. there oh, okay. when I first got to town.
1: Okay. Uh, I worked. Do you remember for Heaven's Cake?
0: Down yes! the street? that's where I worked.
1: I love that place.
0: <laughs> Is it still around?
1: No. I don't think so. No, but it was in Roger and Me.
0: Ah, oh, that movie, yeah, yeah. yeah. Roger, uh, the Mike, the Mike, Michael Moore, Michael Moore, yeah, the Michael Moore uh, documentary uh. on Ford, right. Didn't, uh, didn't Roger own Ford or there was a well, yeah,
1: some audio Detroit thing that, Auto that
0: shut down? Yeah yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Roger and me. Yeah. Wow. Small world. Isn't
1: that funny? <laughs> yeah, it was just a little blicky. He was saying, you know, here we are in San Francisco. I don't know. Nobody seems to work. Everybody's in cafes all day long. A quick, quick shot of several different cafes, including them, for heaven's cake.
0: Yeah. So um, now, were you – did you spend some time just working or did you get oh, yeah. involved in
1: yeah. – yeah i didn't get involved in it. i i start came out and i started doing recording engineering classes okay and then i interned at a recording studio and um it was right at that time when it was changing from analog to digital right and i saw all these recording engineers like mortgaging their lives away mm-hmm. and, and i didn't have the chops i really yeah. didn't have the chops to listen and can, my ears would burn out fast and sure. i couldn't hear anything so I, well, it really wasn't my thing yeah um but I, I ended up moving on and getting a degree in interdisciplinary social science.
0: Nice. I'm wondering how, how does that how does that work? I mean what, what jobs do you get for for that?
1: It's a nice degree to that you can apply to anything. So you basically try to look at a problem from a lot of different perspectives sure right so economy history you know sociology and all yeah. that and try to find ways to look at it in different ways and more holistically so systems theory was a big piece of it okay so it's really helped a lot with the work that I do now as a sustainability manager because you really got to look at things from a lot of different perspectives or you yeah. just causing new problems well sure or mm-hmm. trying
0: to solve problems the same old way mm-hmm. instead of mm-hmm. looking from a different way that's fascinating mm-hmm. getting back to the whole engineering thing I remember that transition from analog to mm-hmm. digital there were a lot of folks like I'm looking right now my Behringer, Mm -hmm. and there were a lot of uh, there was a transition between hardware Mm -hmm. mixing and the DAWs that Mm -hmm. we have now like Cubase and I'm using Ableton Live right now, and I think that was that transition that um, some people adapted to very easily and others were like, oh my god I just bought all this stuff and Mm -hmm. I need to switch it or, you know, I need to change my recording studio or maybe get out of the business, so I I remember a little bit of that Mm -hmm. When did you begin now is Texas Chainsaw, your first musical?
1: Yeah, first and only. <laughs> okay. Oh! <laughs> uh-huh. I feel like a little bit like a one-hit wonder, like Duxie's Midnight Runners, only yeah. not quite as good. <laughs> but that's okay. I mean, that's it's
0: it's the reason why you're here because yeah. it's it's one of those things that's it's you know people are still gravitating mm-hmm. towards it. But tell us about the nucleus of it. When did you first meet Chris Bernardi? So
1: Chris and I were in high school together, and Chris is as really a brilliant guy. He, um, when he was 17, he went to New York with his family from Florida. We met in Florida and, mm-hmm. uh, he saw little shop of horrors mm. and he bought the record, came back and rewrote the script from wow. memory. <laughs> okay. And then we produced it together and he and I were in it and we brought all our friends in. And this was like, you know, we were 17, 18 years old in high school. Wow. And, um, so he, um, he sort of disappeared off the planet for about 10 years um, and we hadn't talked in a long time and then when he, he came back into reality and, and looked me up um, I was writing songs and he had written this script and he actually asked Danny Elfman to be able to use a bunch of Oingo wow. Boingo songs for it and got the yeah. permission but never really could get it together to produce it yeah. and, uh, and then he asked me if I'd write some songs and I started writing songs and then we started reworking the script and the story together mm-hmm. and, and that was that was really fun
0: wow that was fantastic so when was the was the first production the fringe
1: yeah and that was self-produced and i was <clears> sleeping four hours a <throat> night and i never felt so alive and awake <laughs> in my life
0: yeah i, I <laughs> imagine so it was a great oh. energy well i mean the fringe itself is very energetic because you've got a bunch of folks waiting to get on stage and do their thing and then break down the stage for the next one to come in it's almost like a road show it's like a rock and roll thing you know it's like break down the equipment for the next band and, and you know there's an excitement towards it and I'm trying to remember because I remember stage manager getting and we're going to have Chris Cassell who oh, directed great. it
1: she was fantastic I don't know what I, we would have done without her yeah
0: she will be coming uh, I think her she'll be a guest maybe a couple of weeks from mm. now
1: and I saw Marty Pistoni was on
0: yeah <clears throat> we had Marty on and he I forgot coordinator I, yeah I l- was looking back at my old emails and I was like wow Marty we worked mm. on this mm. so yeah Marty's doing fantastic but you know, everyone sort of collaborated together. Um, but w- were you a part of the? Were you? Were you there? Were you physically there, or did you just write it? Okay. Oh yeah, i, actually, I just got to remember. You, I was. Uh, you.
1: I was. You know, producing it. Um, Chris was in Georgia and so he was from afar you know and I'd give him updates every night mm-hmm. and, or next morning and then uh, uh, you know video if I could but yeah Chris leaned on her heavily and then Cat Downs who was the music that's right Cat Downs she's got she and her husband have this two piece band now mm-hmm. um, Sit Kitty Sit and they are just yeah, doing really I, well
0: I, I see Kat pop up in my Facebook mm-hmm, feeds mm-hmm. I'm not sure if she's in the Bay Area anymore. she's in
1: Appleton Wisconsin again so she was from Appleton it was so funny wow and I was looking for a musical director found her and saw that she was from Appleton, and I was like, Oh yeah, well I'm gonna ask her then.
0: <laughs> no, it was really, really fun. And Nick Bain, mm-hmm. who was the lead character, and we've had Jamie Lee Roberts on. Oh, great. And she was fantastic. And so it went from uh the Fringe Festival to Willows, right? Yep. yep. Yeah.
1: We shut it down. <laughs> <laughs> oh,
2: was that that right? was the last show at the Willows oh, and really? went out of business. Yeah, I know. I I, I was in finally. That was like one of my regular gigs, and then suddenly, oh, bam. Yeah, I
1: know. God. That was really sad. Really mm-hmm. sad.
0: Yeah, so um, I guess the next question is, how did you, because that is the, people who are listening are like, wow, I've got a piece or a musical, and it's got its first production. How do I keep it going? Mm-hmm. What What's the marketing strategy that you and Chris Minori had?
1: You know, to tell you the truth, I think there are a couple of things. One is the, the name. Chris, when we were in high school, said jokingly in the program for little shop of horrors you know my, my next thing is going to be the texas chainsaw musical and it was kind of a joke and then he started writing it several years later um but just that name brand and then it was at the time when um evil dead the musical had mm. had a couple of years under its belt and was taking mm-hmm. the world by storm and so places like the willows that had success with that were mm-hmm. looking for the next thing yeah so we were kind of lucky in a lot of ways yeah Really lucky, and um, so somebody from The Willows came over during the Fringe Festival and checked it out, and they they signed it sight unseen, and then um, helped us rework it. So I had it was the most fun process because after the Fringe we went in immediately into production Mm -hmm. in The Willows, and there was like this need because they looked at it really like from a strong eye of like what's really gonna work here, what you know musical theater wise, what's Mm -hmm. really gonna work, and so I had to get rid of some songs right away and write some new songs like overnight you know that was the most fun i've ever had
0: yeah i was gonna ask that because um we've had people on who've done like one people one woman shows Mm -hmm. one man shows whatever they have an idea but they're not really a part of the the theater community Mm -hmm. as far as knowing how a play works Mm -hmm. or a musical works did you have any difficult because writing songs is one thing but tying it up to a script Mm -hmm. um It sounds like the collaboration between you and Chris really worked. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. it was, was it a lot of finagling to make it into.
1: He came out, so I went there to Georgia and basically just tracked him around the house and made him sit down and kept interviewing asking questions asking questions i was reading a lot of books on it and about the put together right and how challenging that is and mm-hmm. you know so it was a great learning opportunity i knew nothing what i was doing you know mm-hmm. um so i felt like i learned enough to be able to to figure it out and make this it's, you know it's a mediocre musical it's a it's fun it mm-hmm. does its thing it's a great halloween show yeah um and you know um um, Valentine's Day, obviously. Um, <laughs> right. Then, <laughs>
0: we're for some. Sure. <laughs> and then no, he no. came out uh-huh. during
1: that uh, fringe show and before we went to Willow's. And right. we sat down with, you know, the note cards all over the floor and we're just picking things apart and asking hard questions. And, yeah. And so that was super fun. And, you know, I always remember that book, um, Stephen King's book on writing. Mm-hmm. And he says, kill your darlings. It may be your favorite thing you've ever written, but if it doesn't serve the show, get rid of it.
0: Wow. Mm-hmm. And it's great that you have that realization. Now, bring. Norman, I'll bring you in because you work constantly with new writers and the concept of killing the darling, killing that very thing. You may love it, but Mm -hmm. does it serve its purpose?
2: Well, I mean, it's two different things. One, you know, creating something, you don't want to kill your baby. Mm -hmm. Um, But you might say, okay, this baby, we're going to kind of keep to the side and focus on something else. Yeah. You know, is is it working or, you know, the, the worst thing is when somebody's just got too much going on. Yeah. You're, you're going to overwhelm your audience. They're not going to be able to... Do you ever
0: ask the track? writer, like, well, you're attached to this thing, or this person, or this subject matter, mm-hmm. and it's not really moving the play. Why? Like, why are you holding oh, on to it?
2: I do. I, and what I used to do is want to fix mm-hmm. things. And now I'm like, well, you know, the writer's going to do what the writer wants to do. So... Ask the question, be open to whatever their answer is And then you can point out, well, this isn't accomplishing it Or feels like something is missing here Mm -hmm. And maybe they'll take that feedback You know, at the very least they'll hear, oh, people aren't getting what I Often writers feel like, oh, they're not getting what They're not getting it, it's so clear to me And it's like, yeah, I'm trying to give you the feedback that it's not (laughs) clear to the rest of us So if you want to hear that, great If you don't want to hear that I'm going to be sitting in some awkward audiences watching people going, what's going on? When right. people start looking at the program in the middle of the show... Yeah.
1: Definitely.
0: Well, that's the job to be done for a reading. And did did you guys have readings yeah. for this? Yeah, we
1: did our first stage. We were going on and on and on. At Ten years in, I was like, Chris, we need to set a date. We're going to do a staged reading or we're just going to continue to write and never figure it out. Mm-hmm. And if we don't hear it and hear people saying it and singing it, we'll never know what it's really going to be yeah. like. And so yeah. we did a staged reading in... Um, tamp valley which is over next to mill valley in marin we got this little um, community center and uh hired some local folks to come in and read and sing and it was way too long and it was terrible and it was great experience and Mm -hmm. then we went in and just started cutting 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 and refining that's when it really became real
0: wow no no it's fantastic have you made any i think i know the answer have you made any money off of it
1: Every bit of, every penny we made was spent on plane tickets and mm-hmm. hotels to go see it because you know, you only get so many shots and I wanted to see every production. So Yay!
0: <laughs> <laughs> Now a good friend of mine, uh, Joel Knopf, uh who's part of Musical Cafe, his musical, The Last Ibex, is on Spotify. Mm. And he is I think it's on also the music, Apple Music Podcast. Mm. Uh, Apple Music um, Framework, whatever it is, music.com. Have you thought about that? Have you thought about that? Yeah, playing? so
1: you can go on Spotify. You should be able to find it. Okay. Um, yeah. And it's on um, Amazon and CD Baby. So we we did it through CD Baby. So we do have one yeah. soundtrack and um, it's pretty good. It wasn't exactly what I was looking for, but I wasn't there. It was the folks in uh, Massachusetts, um, okay. in Massachusetts. We hired them to do it. They had a wonderful band, mostly jazz musicians. That were oh, nice. Fantastic. Like, killer, um, and they did a, a, a pretty darn good job, um, but I wasn't there, and mm-hmm. I t- at that point, I had so much work going on, yeah. I couldn't really... Like, but they got it your permission,
0: template. right, to do it? Oh, we
1: asked them to. Okay, we, okay, wanted a, we wanted a, a, a relic, you know, gotcha. so, so we do have... Um, yeah.
0: Fantastic! Yay. No, we'll we'll encourage folks to uh, to check that out. Mm-hmm. What are you working on now now nowadays?
1: So I started working on a new musical that I really am excited about, but I couldn't do it. I, I'm work a lot full time plus during mm-hmm. the day, and coming home and writing, I just didn't have the energy. So, sure, and it didn't give me as much joy. It felt more like a duty, like work. And, yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. So I pivoted to writing songs again, and so I'm working on an album right now, of just songs. Hey, that is
0: fantastic. Um, is it? Um, Jazz, uh, folk, or rock—it's
1: probably. Do you, do you know what emo or I've heard I mean, of that? Yeah, yeah, it's kind of uh, it's guitar-based, but it's um, they're, they're little vignettes, little story songs, and okay. songs about like personal stuff and yeah. uh, you know um, that whole idea of catharsis and mm-hmm. you know yeah, no, no, no. Songs that people can feel yeah, That's it reminds the, me of
0: the uh, the romantic movement of the '80s mm-hmm. with the Tears of Fears and mm-hmm, and those mm-hmm, folks, mm-hmm. so. No, no, that that is fantastic. So, it sounds like theater, are you pushing that behind? Are you not thinking of doing musicals anymore? Yeah, uh,
1: I just, uh, I need to retire first. I just, you know, you need a lot (laughs) of energy. uh, The older you get, the more, you know, so when I work really hard, I mean, I have meetings back to back and just flying and I'm just barely getting out of there, you know, and so... Um, it was just really hard to do that. But I yeah. enjoy the music, and I can play, and I can sing, and then I feel like I'm <laughs> yeah. de-stressing at the same time, too. So mm-hmm. yeah. it feeds me.
0: Well, I mean, your impact, I mean, doing Check the Chainsaw Musical, it may have been like one little moment in mm-hmm. Bay Area history or you know whatever, but it brought people together, it brought actors together, and you know, it's something that Marty and Chris Cassell... I still think about it, and you know, just uh, and the and the actors, Nick Bain. We had Jamie Lee Roberts on, and they they have fond fond memories. So it's one of those really cool things where you do a production, it breaks down, you strike the set, but still the memories hold on. So that's mm-hmm. that's something to. Um, that's know, the
1: whole thing about theater, right? Is you're making little memories and and yeah. joyous moments. We went last night to see a kids' production of um, Les Mis. Well, it oh was wow! All, like <laughs> middle school and high school students, oh. and, uh, and it was so fun because mm-hmm. you could just see the joy, and you know when the curtain call comes and they're all cheering for each other. It just, right. That kind of camaraderie and that, those moments together just special. Where yeah. was that? That was at the Throckmorton. Oh, yay! Yeah, I haven't
0: yeah. been to the Throckmorton in, in in a couple of years. But no, oh, that's fantastic. I'm glad that's still going on. Yeah, next Bye. one
1: is uh, Fiddler. They're going to do. Mm-hmm. They're going to do Fiddler. Mm-hmm.
2: I haven't been out there in years and years and years. Robin Williams yes. was still alive, I think. The last time I was at the Throckmorton. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, and it was even earlier for me. Uh, I did a uh, a reading. Uh, matter of fact, Deb Carragher she invited oh. me because they were they were they were in they were bringing in budding new playwrights. Sure, and you know shop. Yeah. Um, um. Um. Shopping. You know. Whatever they're doing. And. And. Mm-hmm, you know. Working mm-hmm, it out. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. It was wild. It. And this. It, they're still around. I'm glad that they're still around.
2: Oh, that wow. space isn't going anywhere. <laughs> <space laughs> it's a wonderful. Great. It's a beautiful it's a space. Beautiful yeah. space. Yeah. yeah. Well, really no, is. and they've just got such a wonderful history of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, what's his name? Um, he does the Bizarro comic, the little one-panel oh, comics. Oh yeah. yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. Dan Pierro, Ferraro, Yeah. Yeah. He. Um. He does weird little puppet shows and stuff there
1: oh i didn't know that yeah weirdness I'm like, <laughs> okay and then narda does his narda michael Walden does his um his uh holiday shows there every year too oh no i didn't yeah know that. really fun he did a tribute to um aretha a couple of years ago it was fantastic damn yeah
0: hmm i may have heard about that hmm. have you thought about being a musical director like has someone reached out to you to say hey i'm i'm working on this thing and i need no
1: because I don't have the chops. <laughs> yeah, I relied on good musical directors every step of the way because I just don't like this is one of the exercises with my album right now is Forcing myself to really think about instrumentation and how you create a vibe, not mm-hmm. just a song. Yeah, because that's a whole other art form that yeah. I don't know much about. So mm-hmm. no, I, I I would never do that. I would just lead people astray. It would be terrible.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, yeah, but I mean, I mean, you have you have an incredible musical talent. When I think of songs, I think my favorite song from yours. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's easy to be cruel. Mm-hmm. Thank yeah, you.
1: <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah, that's a favorite. I actually do that at open mics every once in a while. Is that right?
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's uh. It's Sondheim. It reminds me of uh, Sweeney Todd. Oh, yeah. <laughs> These are my friends. It starts off nice and sweet, and then all of a sudden, uh, you know, the blades come out, and and, and there you go. So, it, it always
1: happens. Moment. The blades come out. <laughs> it does, right. Just when you think everything yeah. is fine, a chainsaw starts. <laughs> well, I,
0: <laughs> I think we could wrap it up. Um, uh, uh, birthdays? Or did you have any questions? I
2: I don't. It's, it's weird, because... When I hear you say, you know, where you would go with possible future musical stuff, I, I totally, I, I live more on the producing side of things, and I, I tire. I, I, I was complaining yesterday just for this reading. You know, I end up getting these lists, and I'm like, ah, if I could get all this done, that would be great. If I could give all of my attention to each one of these things. That'd be great. And it would be sometime next year mm-hmm. by the time I got through it all. So I'm like, no, need to have. Like, I'm actually going to talk to somebody about doing uh, publicity, social media. Mm-hmm. Um, and I. Uh, she had her phone break oh. and had to get a new phone. Mm-hmm. And so we lost most of this week. And I'm like, well, the reading's next week. So there's not a whole lot of time to initiate communication with almost anybody and get anything done. We'll do what we can. And I'm like, just got to let that go. Mm. So when I yeah. look forward, I'm like, hmm, either somebody is in place to do that or I don't want to do it because mm-hmm. I don't want to. I think it's worse to put all the care and craft into mm-hmm. making something and then not be able to get it out mm-hmm. the way you want to so that people actually get to appreciate yeah. it. And the choice then is, oh, don't put all that attention on your little baby put all the attention on to getting the word out and then hope that it all comes together. Yeah. It's nerve wracking.
0: And and to piggyback on that, because there are a lot of folks who are creators, they have something in their mind, but they're like, well, I don't have all the pieces together. So I'm just going to, you know, just let it collect dust or wait or whatever. But there are those. And I really encourage it. Put it out there anyway. Maybe there's someone who can fit in those pieces that you don't have. To yeah. say, well, listen, I have a little a bit of an idea, but I need help putting it together. Mm-hmm. Like, Chris Minoria came to you. Mm-hmm. It's like, I have an idea of a story. I can't put the music together. You know, you don't have the, like, I don't have the best musical chops also. You know, like, mm-hmm. I play piano, really, like this. Mm-hmm. My fingers are mm-hmm. frozen. But I know enough to cobble together a couple right, of songs. Right, right. And I'm not going to let my limitations stop me.
1: Totally. Yeah. You know Even what I mean? Just because you don't know how to do it doesn't mean you shouldn't try. Exactly. You've got to just start. If you really want it. Yes. You just got to start. You'll figure it out.
0: Exactly. That's exactly right. So. Cool. Birthdays. Uh,
2: Today is Gina Padilla Muriera. See, I let you mangle names most of the time. (laughs) (laughs) Muriera. Muriera. That's what it is. Um, And I know that because her husband is Ron, and he is a wonderful, he, last I checked, was cultural, like some sort of cultural arts liaison in San Jose. Yeah. Gina is somebody I met when she was stage managing before they met each other, and then they got married. And I'm like, oh, so it's her birthday today. Mm-hmm. Robert Parsons, I got to work with with a little theater company. It was called Harvest Theater Company. Um, eventually went away and... No, it's not... Yeah, it is. a Rough and tumble. Mm-hmm. Um, it became rough and tumble. And it was uh, Cliff Mayott's birthday, I think, last week or the week before... Um, he started that company. Anyway, I met Robert through that. And I, at the time, I knew that he was sort of established in the theater scene, but I didn't really know. Next thing I know, I'm hearing his name everywhere. And then suddenly I'm hearing, oh, he's teaching at ACT. And, and he's still at it. So, <laughs> wonderful actor. Zelma Livingston, I went to Cal Arts with and many, many, many moons ago. And then she moved to the Bay Area at one point. So, we got to reconnect. That was nice. Uh, Pete. Oh, I'll leave you there. <laughs> okay, Julia Brothers um, is another. It's so funny how to me how many people come from other places and then land in this theater scene. Julia Brothers was one, working in L.A., working in New York, but has made a home for herself career-wise in the Bay Area and continues to work. I saw her in a show where she played multiple characters, including a pimply-faced seventeen-year-old counter boy at a you know at a fast food joint. Mm-hmm. I was like, how the hell do you do that? That was amazing. Uh, Dodds Dezel, Delzel, um, don't get to know actors from out of the immediate region very much. He's up in the North Bay. I got to do a show in Santa Rosa, um, Lobby Hero. Mm-hmm. And for me, it was the second time I was doing it. So I was with this new cast of people in a new theater company doing this show. We were at Sixth Street. And uh, Dodds was just, he's, he was playing a big jerk. Mm-hmm. And he's such a sweetie. Mm-hmm. And and so giving on stage, he's amazing. Um, Nathaniel Andelis, as I'm starting to keep track of how many children I have on stage. I have no children in real life, but I keep getting more and more. And he played Laertes, my son, Polonius' oh, wow. son, in Hamlet. Yeah. Uh, he was just uh, this summer in SF Shakes um, Cymbeline mm-hmm. as the villain. He played two characters. He played a villain and a fop. Mm -hmm. and all he did was he had shaved his hair on one side, and I think he had extensions down to his shoulder. Mm -hmm. So for the villain, he would Mm -hmm. tie it all up into a top knot, and he would go around being all menacing and evil, and then he would drop it and just become very, I don't know how to to appropriately describe Mm -hmm. it, but it was fun. It was fun to see. I'm like, that's my boy. And that's my sister. I will call her back. Um... Barbara Lee Loy, I went to high school with, um, and she was actually dating a friend of mine. He ended up kind of dropping out of theater. She ended up getting involved in theater, became mm-hmm. a major part of the tech folks in high school, and has gone on to become a scientist. Wow. Genetic. Wow. Uh, Michael Capelli. Uh, you know Michael. Of course. <laughs> Michael Capelli before was Before the dream. In, before the dream when we did That's it. That's right. Um, I got to do a few things with him, and just a dream of a guy to work with. Oh, and Now they're living Becky's. Yeah, uh, Nick Mandracchia. Nick, you know Nick. We brought him on. He was on the A. I got to do um, meet John Doe last year. That's right. Yes. Yeah. Um, got to meet Nick last year. He's a big guy, uh, Italian. Yes, very. Mm-hmm. He's bringing. He kept bringing. And a in great sweet. voice. Yeah. He's got a wonderful voice, but he brought in way too many sweets through the whole <laughs> process—rehearsals and performances. Yeah, that man, uh, Tamika White, who yeah. is now down in L.A. Um, good friend of mine from my each one, reach one days when we would go to Juvie. Yeah, and, and help develop
0: before the dream. And yeah. she was part of the readings.
2: Yep, yep, yep. Uh, Melvina Jones, another uh, African American actor in the Bay Area, has been involved with a lot of different organizations doing like you know teaching and outreach Um, but I'm always happy when she can get back on stage Deb Fink similarly is with Central Works Mm -hmm. and um, has decided to step back from the stage but it's always a dream when she does do something she's just got a wonderful sense of humor and you know an amazing um, there's just a way she can kind of draw the audiences she's got an amazing charm I guess would be the way to put it Amy Mueller, who was uh, the executive director of the Bay Area Playwrights Foundation and is now gone back to just being a freelance director. And the last one I have is Sally Dana, who is somebody, again, one of these people who moved here from someplace else and just immediately hit the ground running. <laughs> okay, yeah. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Happy birthday, all y'all.
0: All right. And my list, um, I mentioned, Corey, that I went to Duke, Duke Ellington School of the Arts. Um, another one who graduated wrong with me is Jen Furlong, uh, formerly Jennifer Albright. That's her maiden name. Mm-hmm. And she lives now in the Midwest with her husband and kids, uh, was a fantastic actress uh, when I was there. And her birthday was yesterday. So, Jen, if you're listening, happy birthday. Also, on the 10th, Valerie Week. You may have mentioned her. Uh, uh, no, <laughs> would uh, Valerie Week. Um, Last week? No. Oh, uh, well, her birthday was yesterday. You yeah. mentioned her last week, yes. Yep. And is she still doing the? Um, no, no, that no. The,
2: she was not. She was keeping track of um, gender mm. representation in, in productions in the yeah. area productions, and uh, she did that for a few years. Mm-hmm. Felt like she had a nice body of work, mm-hmm. you know, of, of, of data to be able to mm-hmm. point to and. Mm-hmm. So I don't know that they've yeah, started, I don't think they did, started it up She again. did an
0: excellent job in pushing us at the yay of bringing on more people of diversity. Yeah. And now, you know, I think our numbers are very, very good. We bring in a bunch of women as well as men, probably more women now than men, to mm-hmm. have them tell their story. There's so,
2: nothing wrong with that.
0: Exactly, nothing wrong with that. So happy birthday, Valerie. Uh, let's go into the future. So on Monday, Mina Morita, who is, I want to say she's, she's, uh, she's the artistic director. Hold on for a second. She uh-huh. was
2: the artistic director of crowded fire i i don't know where she has moved on to, but she moved she moved
0: up. <laughs> Yeah, she had been a part, that's right, a part of the leadership at Crowded Fire, mm-hmm. and um, I'm looking at her website right now. I'm not sure what she's doing these days, but she has been a great influence for a lot of folks in the Bay Area community, so happy birthday to her. You mentioned Pete Fitzsimmons, or you saved him that yeah. for me. Uh, Pete has been fantastic. Uh, he has been involved in Bay Area theater and also the jazz community for a while. He oh, was I our, didn't know that. Yeah, he was our Ollie Harrington when I wrote foreman Men in Paris. Happy birthday, Pete. Um, also Tuesday, another Ellingtonite, E.V. Donnelly, a flute player who married uh, a uh, one of uh, the actors uh, from our program, mm-hmm. uh, Aura Zeitz, and I see them on Facebook all the time, t- jet-setting, traveling everywhere and going to like Paris and Italy, and they're having a wonderful time, so fantastic, happy birthday, E.V., On Wednesday, Lauren Lauren Jiang, we've had her on the show. She and I were in the Pear Theater. We did Pear Slices. And um, she and her boyfriend, uh, James Jones, they came on the yay and they talked about being a part of the Bay Area community, how the Bay Area Theater brought them together. And they're doing shows, not necessarily together, but they're actively working at the same time. So it was really, really cool having them on the show. Happy birthday, uh, Lauren. You mentioned Mike Capelli. Um, her birth- His birthday will be on Wednesday. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, you mentioned Nick Mandrakia, uh, Tamika White. Who else do I have? Well, I
2: stole a bunch from you, didn't I?
0: Yeah. Well, the last one that I have, well, actually, this will be next Sunday. Mm-hmm. But I'll mention her. Isabella Capozzi. It was one of the best times we had on the yay where Isabella and her sister, Gianna Capozzi, and her their mother showed up on the show. Hmm. And they talked about being a Bay Area theater family. Hmm. I acted with both of the ladies when we did um, Women on the Verge of a Nervous Breakdown. And they're the youngest members to – they were the youngest guests that we've had on the yay. I think uh, Isabella was – Gianna was 19 – no, was 17 – and I believe Isabella was 19, and getting that perspective. We have a lot of Generation Xers and Boomers Mm -hmm. talking about their experiences. Well, I went to this school back in the 70s and 60s, but it was nice to have a young, young, young perspective Mm -hmm. and how they view theater from their young eyes. So that's that. Uh, Shows. We can talk about the... Incubators. Yeah, <laughs> I just a you know, shout out. Absolutely. My, my yeah, yeah. niece mm-hmm.
1: will be, uh, has her birthday tomorrow in Wisconsin. And then my stepdad, who I loved dearly, died a few years ago. His oh. birthday's the day after.
0: Wow, yeah. wow. No, happy birthday and, you know, celebrating uh, them. Uh, show. So I've talked about uh, Playground Innovators Showcase. That's a Portrero stage yeah. that began November the 6th. It ends November the 26th, featuring Oakland Public Theater, yeah. <laughs> us. We'll be doing I Am Not Your Negro Poet. That'll be the 17th and the 18th. But you'll also see the Chickahan Theater Company, um, Network Effects Theater, Analog Theater, Poltergeist Theater Project, Native Writers Theater, and City Street Artists. Um, They'll be showcasing the projects that they'll be doing. Right.
2: There'll be readings. There will be, I think, at least one... um Production, I, you know, maybe it's a workshop, um, but it, they are, pr- pl- you know, planning on doing the full bells and whistles, light, sound, costumes, um, memorized. Hopefully,
0: mm-hmm. uh, we won't. We will be script in hand <laughs> right, and exactly. looking
2: at James Baldwin and his relationship to poetry.
0: Yep, absolutely. So check that out, and we'll have a link so you don't have to remember or type anything out. Just click on yeah, the link
2: Playground, and you'll get there. Yeah, playgroundsf slash incubator.
0: Yep. Uh, Tanika Baptiste, she'll be uh, directing group therapy at Theater Rhino, so you should check yeah, that out. Um, Jeffrey Lowe, because he is so very busy, has another th- script. Actually, he's been more busy directing these days, but this one, he is the playwright, Spending the End of the World on OK Cupid, at the Fusion Theater pro- uh, Project. That'll be, it opened November the 1st. It'll end, oh, it'll end on the 9th, which is oh it ended already so never mind ah! <laughs> but that's okay i'm so Go glad back that Jeffrey is working. you can see that one. exactly the legend of georgia mcbride at the center rep is uh playing it'll end november the 26th jet Presario we just mentioned him he's on it um alan Coyne, alan Coyne, elizabeth Joe carter
2: Ayres, um chris Steele was um a consultant on it elizabeth carter director Mm-hmm. I feel like I have to go see this show. I know way too many people. <laughs>
0: <laughs> right, exactly. So we have a link for that. That's at the Lesher Center um, of the Arts. So check that out. Uh, Central Works, we've talked at nauseum about the engine of our disruption. That had an extension. Uh, it'll end on the 19th. Yep. Uh, Gary Graves, Jan Leifler, Mike Tuton, um, incredible actors.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh,
0: Luelson Norris. Uh, Chelsea, yeah. Yeah absolutely, yeah, so check that out
2: it's a great little cast, um, tight show and even if you're familiar with Central Works this felt a little bit different than a lot of the things I've seen there I liked it
0: yeah, they're bringing in new people um, not only new writers, mm-hmm. but new directors oh, and Bilton, right right, exactly, so it, it's pretty cool uh, The Lower Bottom Players is doing Joke Journers Come and Gone mm-hmm. that'll end November the 26th it's directed by Dr. A. Ozeli Nzinga who've had her on the show that
1: was a wonderful episode Uh, yeah oh
0: yeah she's very very powerful so check that out new conservatory theater center is doing we are continuous directed by sean j west lit by dr stephanie johnson that ends november the 26th so check that out Mm -hmm. uh z space is doing citizen the last show is tomorrow so check that out Mm. carolina morones oh
2: yeah and yeah go ahead
0: and Letitia duarte is in that
2: and Christian Jimenez, who is going to be with us in the Baldwin.
0: Nice. Yeah. Very, very nice. He'll be
2: our howling man. <laughs>
0: okay. <Yay>. Absolutely. So <laughs> check out Z below. If you're listening to this, you know, you can, it's not too late. Go grab your ticket for tomorrow. Um, Echo Yamamoto and Sharon Shao are doing Sleeping Beauty at the Presidio Theater, December the 1st through the 30th. So you have plenty of time to check that out um don't just listen to our podcast there are other podcasts going on barry graves has the black man's heart so check that out mallory samara her day job is kcbs radio so she is doing um she produces two Ooh, shows and how do we miss her birthday i think her birthday is this week it's either, oh it's got to be this week yeah i guess it is why don't I'm, it pop I'm going to on a Facebook? birthday i'm
2: going to a birthday celebration tonight for her oh damn it Well shucks. Mallory, damn you.
0: So you're going to do that and rehearse?
2: (laughs) Well, we're rehearsing this afternoon. Okay. Yeah.
0: Shucks, I wasn't invited, but that's okay. Wish her her the best.
2: (laughs) It's karaoke. Um, It sounds like it might be lena is her mother has been talking to me about it mm-hmm. it might be a family thing but i'm considered to be uncle norman so. there you
0: go there you go wish her wish her the absolute best she's fantastic and she is producing two shows for kcbs it's generational a deep dive on how each generation looks at things differently and also as prescribed it's a weekly conversation with leading medical experts at ucsf medical center mm-hmm. so check that out mm-hmm. Uh, Central Works has the Central Works Script Club. It's a podcast where you can download and read a play script and then listen to an audio interview with the playwright, delivered semi-annually. Aaron Henney, uh, formerly a writer at uh, Central Works, he is now the Artistic Director of Theater Dybbuk in L.A., and he has a podcast called The Dybbukast. It is a Jewish-based theater Podcast through a combination of perform readings and interviews with artists and scholars. The Dibacast brings these creations and their historical contexts mm-hmm. to life, all while revealing their relationships to issues still present today. Also, bindlestiff has the Fobcast, exploring Philippine American immigrant stories. Check out the Fobcast. And uh, Yay Jerseys. I can't yay. think of a better Christmas gift. I went to the lady. Yeah, yes. she gave me a very good deal. Okay. <laughs> on making the shirts, so we'll have those shirts available right now. I Only have white, mm-hmm. but we'll have black and also pinstripes. Um pinstripes. Yeah. Hey, check hey. it out. What? Yeah, uh Kayende Koyejo has one and she is a very very fashionable person and yes, she, she is. bought that and she's been um styling it. Uh so that's fantastic. That's it's wonderful. only 30 bucks. So PM me, um, you know, and you know, get your hook up and that's that. That is it, Corey. Did you have a good time?
1: Had a great time. Thank you so much. Yeah, really
0: yeah. Thank it. you for coming on. Mm-hmm. And um, it's it's fantastic. I know it's been 14 years, but uh, I still have it. I still remember, you know, the songs and all the memories of. Uh, I don't know why Texas I didn't Chainsaw. bring you guys
1: some CDs. I should have brought you some CDs. No! I don't know Do you even have CD players anymore.
2: <laughs> oh geez. Hey. I I finally bought one. Did you? A bad, you know, mm-hmm. online mm-hmm. thing. Mm-hmm. It has to be perfectly level. <laughs> on the table yeah it takes forever to kind of it's amazing how it's
0: amazing how so many things are obsolete i mean i I can't i just going back in my past just rebuying music you know Mm -hmm. first Mm -hmm. there were record players and then there was the tapes Mm -hmm. and then cds and then of course i'm ripping everything to mp3s and now mp3s are obsolete because everyone's streaming now it's it's a little crazy (laughs)
1: it really is i still have my record player I play it a lot. Yeah.
0: Are you one of those audiophiles that believe that don't up better than. Than. I just like the
1: record player. I like records. You know, you get a great little cover. You know, we have some of those frames where you can put different ones up every week or every month. Oh, yeah, nice. Yeah, yeah the I album cover. That yeah. is very
0: cool. And it's funny because when you play a record player you get a little like a ambient scratch or let's say there's a little dust that and that just that that has i have nostalgic memories about that yep. you know it's, the thing. sound isn't so clean but you can tell there's something authentic about it anyway <laughs> all righty we are on all podcast apps we're on the apple podcast that purple podcast on your iphone or ipad we're also on spotify overcast soundcloud and we're also on amazon podcast you could just go on music dot amazon.com and search for The a, The a was created by theater people for theater people if you have a show you want to advertise or if you just want to advertise yourself let us know hit us up I'm at Red Space Clay and I'm at
1: Who's Your Hoosier
0: and uh, Corey is there, are there a way people can find you um, we
1: do have a com website nice and you can mm-hmm. watch some videos um, from different shows and uh, other than that I don't think so
0: you don't do um uh, what do they call it? Uh, like Instagram. Instagram. You
1: know, I'm not an Instagram guy. Uh, I don't have time for all that stuff. Right. But yeah. I, I do want to build a YouTube. I do have a YouTube page. You I, should. There's a few things on that. Actually, one thing that's. Um, we did after the fact is we did a Texas Chainsaw Christmas song. Oh, nice! Okay. So you can find that on YouTube and you can find that. It's actually a bonus cut after the CD was done. So if you, if you download the album online on Amazon or wherever, you can get the bonus cut of the Texas Chainsaw Christmas.
0: There you go. That's there you go. If you, me, if you send me a link, I think I can squeeze it in the okay. liner notes. And music that would notes. be great. I, I'm not a big fan <laughs> of Christmas
2: things, but... I yeah. would love to have that link. <laughs> no, that that would, that be, would fun. be fun.
0: That would be fun. Also, I forgot to mention that um, we, because we keep on mentioning Twitter and Instagram, but also what is it called? Uh, threads. I'm on Threads. Oh, you're so, on Threads. Are you uh, on how's that going? No,
2: I'm not. I'm... Okay,
0: they basically just transferred. You know the mm-hmm. what is it? Facebook. A lot of right. information, yeah, information On yeah. Threads. Hmm. So um. So yeah. So hit, hit me up on Threads as well. That is it. Thank you so much. It's a wonderful Saturday afternoon, and as Norman and I always say,
2: we've got to find a, a better, better sign off.
0: And if you've served, happy oh that's day. right we even touched right. that no it's today right. it is today, today the yes. 11th
2: day no tomorrow 11-11 yeah right tomorrow today no today? it's today is it's the
0: day of the yep. 11th? today
2: is the 11th yes oh that's right Saturday I'm yeah. losing track of days the 11th day yeah the 11th because won. World
0: War II that's yeah. when it ended World War I that's World World War when it ended World War I yeah yeah 11-11 thank you if you served for our country and as Norman and I always say once again
2: we you gotta, gotta find a better, better sign off
0: and we are out